Mastering Change with Humor and Insight, Joel Zeff on Making the Right Choice. Don't miss this special episode featuring a conversation with workplace expert, humorist, and author, Joel Zeff. Known for his unique blend of comedy and work-life principles, Joel shares insights from his book, Make the Right Choice, creating a positive, innovative, and productive work life. The book offers a fresh perspective on creativity, communication, teamwork, passion, and fun in the workplace. Get ready for an episode filled with laughter, practical insights, and transformative ideas. Tune in and make the right choice for your work-life balance. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share with you a little bit about the guest that we have here today. Joel Zeff is a renowned workplace expert, speaker, author, and humorist with a 25-year career. Known for blending comedy with his vital work-life ideas, he has impacted over 2,500 events and authored a top-ranked work-life balance book on Amazon. Jeff has been featured on CNBC and numerous media outlets. I am so pleased to help welcome to our stage, Mr. Joel Zeff. Thank you, April. Oh, good introduction. <laughs> ta-da. I, yeah, ta-da. I sound, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. This is going to be great. <laughs> This is going to be great. I'm so pleased for this conversation. You have such incredible energy and it shows too with all of the colorful blast background that you have. So this is going to be an engaging conversation. And let's start, Joel, by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you. Awesome. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. I love it. I love what you're doing. Uh, I started my career as a journalist. I was a newspaper reporter. That's, that's my degree, I'm very proud of that. And uh, then I went into advertising and marketing, worked for a couple agencies. Uh, back in 1993, I started doing improv comedy at a theater in Dallas. I had these two very different worlds, this improv comedy world and this very corporate PR marketing world. And I, and I was kind of trying to figure out how to combine these two worlds. And I realized that actually, the same skills that made me successful in one world were the same skills that made me successful in another world. And just through some opportunities, I found a way to combine those two loves and, and, and that's where I am today. And, and I started speaking and my first event, people always ask, uh, was, uh, I had a PR client, Texas instruments, and they were having an executive retreat. And they said, I know you do the client said, I know you do improv on the weekends. Can you come up, do some of that improv with us? And it wasn't like I went, oh yeah, let's do it. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, yeah, okay, sure, that sounds fun because you know, comedy is always about, or improv is all, all about saying yes and building on that. And, and so the group, uh, it, they were all VP level, all men, technology, you know, a technology company, and it was before dinner. So if you're like, what could be the worst group Ever, this would be it, right? But in, what happened was they had an awesome time. And more importantly, I had an awesome time. And then the light bulb started going on. And that's kind of where everything started uh, as far as trying to find a way to use the, my love of improv as a speaker. You know, Joel, I think that that is, like you said, the light bulb went on when you got to merge these two beautiful worlds that you have been uh, experiencing and becoming an expertise in. And when we get to those moments, there's nothing quite like that. When we finally have the understanding of why we went into certain career fields, why we have obtained the experience that we have, 
and and how we get to again marry merge into creating something really unique for the world and i think that that's really where we get to put our thumb imprint into the universe right because it it's all of those qualities and things that really make us different and uh to be bringing that light to the world i, I love that you you mentioned the universe because they there was there was an invisible hand somewhere along the way because I didn't even know there were speakers. I didn't even know people hired speakers. I didn't know there were conferences where a mm -hmm. keynote speaker, I had no idea that there were speaker bureaus completely naive about the business. So I always say it chose me because I didn't know that it existed. It, it was what I was meant to do. And I love sharing uh, what improv has taught me. I love sharing my passion for improv. I love watching audience members jump on stage with me and play an improv game and see that see that light bulb go on for them and see that energy and that engagement and what improv teaches us. It's 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 um, it's I, I always say it chose me and and that's how I became a speaker. I never planned on it. And even when I first started, I didn't see it as my whole career. I just saw it as one additional uh thing that I offered my clients, just like I, you know, writing or, uh, you know, uh, video production or media relations. It was just something else I offered my clients. And around 1997, a long time ago, April, you, you don't even remember 1997, but, uh, oh, just barely. you're, you're, you're like in third grade. So, uh, uh, I all state insurance, uh, hired me to to present, and they said they I was presenting in their auditorium. April, I uh, call it a lunchroom, <laughs> is what I call it. <laughs> they might have said it was an auditorium, but it was a lunchroom. And so uh, I had a production company uh, record the keynote, and we put together uh, a demo tape on VHS. And for your listeners or viewers, just go to Google. And you'll find out what VHS tapes are, <laughs> <laughs> because I spent thousands on VHS tapes. And so, um, so we put together a little demo, started setting it out, and it just kind of took off, and mm -hmm. it, it it just happened. And then by probably '99, in that 1999, about that time, uh, I I think I put on a print song, and it had taken over my whole business. I was a, I was a speaker. I was no longer doing PR and advertising. I was a I was a keynote speaker. Mm. Well, um, Joel, I love how you talk about that it chose you. And if you would enlighten me for a moment, let's let's stay on that because I I feel that we are drawn and put into certain situation. You know, when there's the fork in the road and and then the light is on this direction, you know, it, it we're guided to it. And without knowing, and then we get to look back and say, ah, I see, and I know. Um, so what is it like for you with, you know, doing all of this? And I mean, your energy is very, very high. And especially when you get to impact so many people, it just completely raises your vibrations, your frequencies. How does this change the way you view your world in light of spirituality? Well, I tell you, I am extremely fortunate because I love what I do. And, and you know, we talk about, you know, obviously you, you talk about wellness and purpose and, and that is my, if I had to give one piece of advice to anybody, is just follow what you love to do, take that first step and you'd be surprised what's going to happen. Uh, but if you have that passion for what you do, if you love it, it's not work, it's a passion. And if no matter what you are interested in, somebody is making money at that. And so yeah. figure out what you love to do, what you would do for free. And because I tell my clients all the time, you're not paying me to be on stage. That's free. I love it. So it's rewarding. It's fulfilling. It, it, it just gives me you. You're talking about um, spirituality and, and, and wellness. I mean, that's what my wellness is, right? That's just like, I, I live for that. I mean, that's just like this incredible boost that it, it that, uh, that people give me when people laugh 
and people applaud. I have a job, uh, April, where people applaud when I'm done. That's pretty awesome. And Most pretty people awesome. don't have. Yeah, I don't even have to be that good. Like I could have an off day. I could, I could, you know, not be feeling well, right? And people will still, they'll still applaud. They might go, eh, he was all right. He wasn't that great. Good out of courtesy, sure. Yeah, I'll take it. Courtesy applause, I'll take it. Because uh, how lucky is that? That's my job that I get around applause. And I say in my keynote that even if you have a job, you don't get around applause, which is most people. You should give it to yourself. As soon as you show up for work, you should just, woo! People will look at you strange and you just go, wow, I have nailed it today. Now, Joel, and, that's walking into your aha aspect of how you encourage people to really have a different perspective on life and how we have that work-life balance and how we do you know bring up the energy into those those positions that maybe you know we're not getting the applauses right so we have to bring that in for ourselves with a new perspective right you have to give it to yourself that positive support if somebody's not going to give it to you then you have to give it to yourself because that's our fuel and if we don't have that fuel how are we going to reach our goals how are we going to search out what we want to do for free and search out that passion and take that first step you know, where I am today in my career, uh, you know, thinking back in the mid 90s, my first time speaking and where I am today, I had to take that first step. You don't start at the end. You don't start at the, oh, I'm ultra successful and, and uh, uh, you know, I have clients calling me all the time and I'm doing events, uh, uh, you know, all across the country and some international. You start at the beginning. You start at a small group and your payment is a $50 Chili's gift card. And you know what? I was thrilled that someone gave me a $50 Chili's gift card. If you gave me a hoodie or a paperweight, uh, believe me, that, that was my payment more, more times than I would like to tell you. And when I first started, right? Yeah. And, and you love it because that's what you want to do. And you just take that first step and then you look back at how many steps you took that week and then how many steps you took that month and how many steps you took that year and you just keep moving yourself forward and you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish but you have to take that first step well joel this is a beautiful representation of what it means to step into your passion uh project your your the things that you love doing um and speaking of entrepreneurism the challenges and difficulties of that and you're saying in the beginning it's just like with anything you know we have to we have to stumble while we're learning to walk and just keep getting back up again it's a fire hose to the face like i like to explain it and yeah. It, yeah. it's just things that you get to experience along the journey of uh but but to really look at those as as great blessings um you know you get to eat for the night when you get that gift card and you you get to keep warm with the hoodie gift that you are given right and just switching that perspective but something that uh i am, am very passionate about as we we continue to evolve as humanity you know with the the fast pace of um uh, technology and the rapid uh, rate and pace that that is going, why not have more people step into being an entrepreneur? And I would love your insight on that because if, if it is bringing this beautiful energy about where you get to be creative, where you get to shine your light in all of the things, like you said, Joel, I realized that all of my past experiences led up to me being able to give this back to the world in this particular manner. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So I went on my own in 1993. I was working at an advertising agency and I didn't have a plan other than uh, I was done working at this advertising agency. I didn't want to work here anymore. That was my, that was it, right? And so I had a couple uh, phone calls around that time and I said, um, you know, I could do this on my own. And so there was no plan. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to go on my own. It was just at this moment. And so I've been on my own since 1993. And uh, this September, 
So September will be when I went on my own, September of, of 1993. And, you know, it was, it was a risk. Sure. It was taking a bet on myself. And you know what? My, my philosophy is, okay, if it doesn't work out, if, uh, you know, I don't get the business that I need to have to sustain me, then I'll go find another job. You have to have confidence in yourself. Things might not work out. They might not. And I remember having a couple months uh, at the beginning going, mm, you know, you, you have that number in your bank account. If it gets below that number, you start getting concerned, right? It, you know, how, how I'm going to take care of rent and insurance and, and everything else. And, uh, and so you just say, okay, what do I need to do to move forward, to keep going? And one of my messages in my keynote that improv taught me is staying in the game. And when an improv for, you know, most people understand what improv is. There's no script, there's no rehearsal, there's no plan. And so people always ask, how, how is there, how are you guys funny? How, how do you guys look like you've, you've rehearsed this? How, is, how are you successful? Because you're working with so many other people. And one of the tenets is that you just have to stay in the game. Things might go wrong. Somebody might say something that doesn't work or that's not funny. Believe me, everything I say is not gold. It's not funny. It's something, sometimes it doesn't work. And so if you stay in the game, you're going to find a way to be successful. And you take it to your work life. You know, what does staying in the game mean? It means, okay, do I have to work harder? Do I have to stay late? Do I have to uh, get some training? Do I have to find a mentor? Do I have to uh, get out of my comfort zone, learn something new? It, there are things that you have to decide to do to stay in the game. But what happens is all those things lead to success. And when you stay in the game, success is going to be there. It might not be next week. It might not be next month, but it will be there. If you quit, if you give up, the guarantee is you failed. It's over, right? There's no work after that. And so it's about staying in the game. And that, to me, is probably the best message improv ever taught me. Oh, well, and what a powerful message that is uh, for all walks of life. You know, I, I love that message. And Joel, I've got to say that when um, when we watch some of your presentations, uh, again, the energy is awesome. The fact that people get excited and enlivened and in, engaging with it as well. Some of the best uh, speakers that I've ever seen are doing exactly that. They're rising the energy levels. They're, they're getting people to move. And movement is truly key. And you actually have people come up on stage with you, engage with you, interact. That's that improv piece. You want to share a little bit about how, uh, you know, some of your favorite parts about bringing that energy into the people you work with. Yeah. Uh, so I bring audience volunteers. We do an improv game and uh, I, I am giving them something. The audience is giving them something. I am giving them opportunity to work together as a team, to be creative, to uh, be a leader, to take responsibility, to be accountable, and many more uh, choices. The audience is giving them positive support through their laughter and applause. And you can see the audience volunteers. They say something, they take a risk, and the audience laughs or maybe they applaud. And you can see their confidence. You can, you can see their, their physical, you know, their, their body language, and that confidence builds. And then they do more. And the more they do, the more positive support they get from the audience and they keep doing more and the audience gives them more. It's an amazing chemistry. And, you know, that energy, that engagement builds, it's a momentum. And I want that audience to give them more positive support. And sometimes my audience volunteers, sometimes they are just incredible, you know, huge extroverts. They're just, you're like, I could, I could just go sit on the side of the stage and, and you know, and have a drink and they could take over. That's how good they are. And then sometimes I have audience volunteers that, you know, just need a little, uh, a little more confidence, that need a little more positive support. And I'm there to create that energy around them so that they feed off that and that I'm getting positive support and they're going to get positive support as well because they're not going to go, oh, well, that positive support is for him and not me. It's for everybody that's on stage. And they're going to feed off that and they're going to build on that success. And that's, me being a leader of knowing what the people that I'm working with, my team, what they need to be successful. And you can apply that 
to any industry and any type of relationship between uh, a, a team and, and between uh, a leader. Absolutely. You know, there's there's something incredible about really, you know, the shared human experience, right? When we witness other people, uh, you know, doing things and the emotions that are set behind that, we feel that and we feel like we're experiencing it with them. And so I think that's a very, very powerful thing, especially when they're peers and, and you know that person, right? And so you, you've, you have even more of an intense relation with that. And I think you definitely bring that and so we're going to move into our first commercial. But Joel, when we get back, I would love to know a little bit more insight about how the after effects. After you give these incredible presentations, you're really boosting the confidence of everyone and the after effects of how that is in the workplace. So stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Joel Zeff. And so I'm so excited to talk a little bit further about the excitement that you bring uh, to the audience on stage. And I got to tell you, when I first witnessed the engagement that you have as a speaker and really leading people into that courage uh, aspect, it tickled me pink. I love seeing that. I think that that is really some of the best way to engage people, to motivate people, to create the biggest impact and change. Motion creates emotion, right? And so let's talk a little bit more about how after the after effect of your presentation. So you get people pumped up, right? In some of the most engaging ways possible. What happens afterwards? Well, I hope what happens is they think about some of the choices that we talk about that improv uh, taught me and about staying in the game, which we've, we've talked about, about creating opportunity and positive support, which we talked about, uh, helping each other be successful, how we op- need to be, uh, how we react to change and embrace change, because improv is all about change and disruption. And <clears throat> most importantly, though, you know, there's no better way to spend time with your colleagues, your team, your friends, than through laughter. It creates an energy, it bonds us, it connects us. And hopefully they take that as, you know, when they go back to work, when they go back to their teams, they take that energy and some of these choices, and hopefully they keep some of these choices in mind and and make some of these choices about celebrating these moments that we have each day. When I start my keynote, I talk about ta-da, and you know it's a celebration and we have these moments every day and, but we forget to celebrate them and we talked about that round of applause you know how important that is all these are choices i don't make them i can't make them for you i just want to highlight some of these choices and i hope they when they go back to their work go back to their teams go back to uh their leadership positions that they make some of these choices and think about some of these choices and 
try to build some of the energy that I created on stage with their teams, because it's just, it, it's, it's really simple choices. These aren't really, you know, it's not like they're the, you know, I'm giving you something you've never heard about before. I'm just channeling these same messages that your mom and dad probably taught you. And I'm channeling them through my love of improv. And so we look at when you, sometimes when you look at things through a different perspective, you have that moment, even though you know that's the right choice, you've heard that choice a million times, but when you hear it this way, or you participate in an improv game, it hits home. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's that you're you're putting an emotion behind it. And so it starts to stick a little bit more, right? Yeah, it starts to stick. Hold those neural pathways just a little bit stronger. Now, Joel, let's talk about your aha mentality. How did you come up with that? And how do you explain it to your audience of the importance of having this mentality? Are you talking about the ta-da? Is that what we're talking about? Ta-da, yes. I said, aha. It's okay. Aha, ta-da. I like it. They rhyme. I love both. There's nothing. Remember in improv, April, there's no right or wrong. There's choices. And so you embrace that choice and then you build on that choice. And so, uh, so, so the ta-da is about celebrating, right? When, when, you know, when, when my kids were little and I talked about this before I had kids, and I was actually asked on another podcast where it came from. And I, I, it's, it's lost to history. But I will say, you know, when you're little, when the kids, you, ta-da, right? Everything's a ta-da when you're three and four years old. You eat a cheese sandwich, ta-da. You know, you, 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 you do a drawing. It's a, you know, it's a red circle. And you, ta-da. Everything's a ta-da. We celebrate everything. And what happens when you celebrate with that three or four-year-old is it builds their confidence. Whatever you're celebrating, they do more of whatever that activity is. And so you're celebrating them. You're giving them confidence and that confidence builds success. You know, when they walk for the first time, ta-da, and they, they have confidence to get back up and, and keep going and try more and walk farther. And so I took that to my keynotes that at the very beginning, we stand up, we do a big ta-da, we celebrate. And it's silly. I know it's silly, but... People love it. It's an energy. You're like, wow, I do deserve it to die. Think about something that you did this week that you did not celebrate. And we do things every single day, right? With our customers or our partners or something in our, in our work that we should celebrate. And we don't, we just keep moving on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe once a year we, we have an awards program and we give out like a, a, a little glass pointy award and say we're the best at something. But you're the best at something every day. You're doing something that's awesome. And you might not think it's worthy of an award, but it's worthy of celebrating. It's worthy of a ta-da. And so the more we celebrate, the more confidence we build, our, we're, we have more fuel for our passion. And that just leads to more success, better leadership, better communication, better innovation, and better teamwork. Yeah, it absolutely builds that momentum, right? You want to just continue uh, doing good, showing up your best. And I think that that is really the beauty in, in being successful is wanting to do your best, is wanting to just improve each and every day and, and being excited about that. And when we talk about the, the tadas of childhood, I think we all have this inner child within us, right? And especially even scientifically, uh, you know, backed is that we were, were living in kind of that childhood thoughts continuously. And so we, we just forget how to play again and to, to have fun. And, and that's why silly is really a good thing to bring that back into what, when life can be really mundane and serious, uh, you know, humor is, is essential. It truly, truly is. So tell us a little bit about how you yourself personally maintain humor in your life. Well, uh, I have a teenage son, so it's just a constant stand-up comedy show <laughs> in my house. <laughs> I have a 17-year-old son and he's, people, people will say, is your son funny? And I'm like, yeah, he's very funny. But he's like Spider-Man when he first gets his powers and he doesn't know how to use them and he just keeps running into a wall. That's that's my son. And so it's just uh, I think it's just having a perspective. 
And, you know, uh, sometimes when, when, when we talk about uh, travel, you know, I always say I'm, you know, when you're sitting at the airport, you, you're literally in a sitcom, but nobody knows that there's cameras rolling. If you just watch, you can sit anywhere and just watch what's happening around you and just think about life is that you are in the middle of a sitcom. It takes a lot of, a lot less stress away. And, and so it's just a perspective, you know, and having fun and creating that energy and wanting to laugh and, and uh, being okay with laughing, being okay with being a little bit silly. You know, sometimes I, you know, my kids growing up, uh, as they grew up, you know, I would do something, you know, dad-like or, you know, that was silly or embarrassed them. I'm going to put that in quotations. Okay. And, yeah. you know, and I was, oh, dad, you're too loud. You're too loud. And I had to remind them everything they have is because I am me. Everything you have. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Right. <laughs> you you want to say, you know why we have a house? It's because dad's loud. That's why we have a house. Why, why? Yeah, the car that you drive to high school, that's because dad's loud. The Xbox, the iPhone, that's because dad's loud, right? And, 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 and that's, that's the reality of it. And so you have to have that perspective. And I love when you mentioned earlier, you're talking about play. And we all want to play. Sometimes we're just not given the opportunity to play. Yeah. And, or, or that it's okay to be a little bit silly. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to play. And then when you do, oh my gosh, the energy, the, the, you know, the, just the endorphins, the adrenaline, everything just, it's amazing. And that's just, I, you know, that's kind of my job sometimes as a keynote speaker and what I believe in. And I start my presentation. I go, look, if all you do in the next hour, if you just laugh, I'm cool. If that's all you get out of it, you go, well, what did Joel talk about? What'd you get out of it? I'm like, ah, I didn't get anything out of it, but it was funny. I'm cool because actually you got a lot out of it. You, you, you laughed and you played and you, you did that with your friends and your peers and your colleagues and your managers. And that bonds us and creates a partnership and, and creates respect. And, and, mm. you know, and it's just an amazing feeling for everybody. Yeah, that bonding piece. I love that. And and you're right. We I think that we are supposed to have that very frequently in life. You know, the times where we we get to have fun and expression. Uh, you know, my husband and I like to go dancing on the weekends as much as we can, sometimes twice. When we were first dating, it was three times a week. What? Dancing. I know. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And it's it's that release of of you know the the long work days and all of the troubles and being able to really express yourself in a different way to dance to have fun to play and that is such a a key piece in life that many of us are missing and so that's why your keynotes are so very very powerful joel because you bring that to people that of which they didn't realize they were missing and needed yeah, I tell you, there's nothing more fulfilling going into a group, especially a group like this, which is like the whole group is like, they're all cranky you about something. Before and after pictures, you got to yeah. take before and after pictures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I have lots of groups that it's, it's you know, I mean, people are bouncing off the wall like everybody got a brand new car. I have lots of groups like that. It's awesome. I could say, I just go up there and tell them what I had for lunch and they're like, oh my God, you know. I can say, well, I had some carrots and hummus. <gasps> carrots and hummus? This guy's incredible. And that's all I have to do, right? And then there's some groups that, you know, you got to really work on. Um, I'm not going to mention what industries, but you could probably guess. And so, um, you know, and it's my job to create that energy and say it's okay to play. And it's probably a group that doesn't play at all. Yeah. You know, that and, and whether whatever job, whether it's serious or, you know, maybe it's just the, the industry and it's my job to create that situation and kind of take them along that journey. And it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome when when I have that group laughing and 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 to dying. And I do this this at the beginning. I do this thing called bunny, bunny, bunny. Yeah. When you see a group that is way out of their comfort zone doing this, 
Oh, it's so awesome. Because you look right at and you're like, dude, I know that's out of your comfort zone. I know yeah. you're like, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But when everybody does it together, it's not such a risk because no, we're we're supporting each other. And yeah. and we we follow each other. That's human nature is to yeah. to follow yeah. uh, the lead of other, to follow the pack and want to be a part. I mean, just look at driving on the highway and you'll see everybody's, you know, doing the pack mentality instead of maintain a safe distance. And uh, if you if you app, if you do drive that way where you do maintain a safe distance, you can see it very easily. I don't I don't drive on highways, April, uh, for the last yeah. 25 years. No, well, you probably shouldn't. Changes to do every single day, especially in Texas. You're, you're such a kind host. You're like, wow, okay, that sounds good. That's like that's a good tip. Don't drive on the highway. I like that, April. Well, you know, I I think that something that you mentioned earlier is is really important and key too is that. Uh, you know, getting out of our comfort zones, we're, we're also uptight, right? And we are afraid to express ourselves in so many ways, afraid to have fun, afraid to be louder. You know, your kids are embarrassed by you being loud. And you're like, hey, the roof is yeah. over your head because of this. And that's to, just one thing they're embarrassed about. From, that's just well, one. We just, we could go, it's a long list. It's like a top oh, 10. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. But reminding people that when we step out of that comfort zone i mean it, it's just like public speaking is one of the number one fears right and the more that we do things the more that we share our stories the more that we do speak in front of other people the more that we do silly things it just opens up our worlds to greater possibilities yeah you know i when i discovered improv and i remember the day I had just moved to Dallas and um, someone took me to an improv uh, show on the weekend, on the weekend that Saturday. And I'd never been to an improv show. I had been to a show at Second City, but it was a sketch. I didn't see the improv show. And it was literally like this, oh, I mean, it was amazing. It was like music, like a light was shining on me. It was, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I don't even know if I'm going to be any good at it, but I want to give this a shot. This is, I mean, uh, this is something amazing. And so, you know, you just take that step. And, and uh, I took a workshop. I took a couple workshops, actually. And, you know, just found other people like me that that wanted to discover improv and, and um, found that love and wanted to mm -hmm. wanted to kind of, you know, build on that. And it just kind of that was the beginning. Yeah. If, you know, someone taking me to that show and having that opportunity, and it's really about that opportunity. And then I auditioned for the show or for the show, for the uh, for the group. Uh, we did shows, I auditioned for the group to do the shows. And it just all led to this moment right here, April. If that moment of, of someone taking me to the show in 1991 uh, to the improv show and me falling in love. With, with improv and taking a couple workshops and and performing for years and years with the improv group. And then having my Texas Instruments client say, hey, I know you do improv on the weekend, come do some of that with us in that light bulb going on. And then me taking another risk and putting myself out there, you know, hopefully I'm going to be successful, but I had failures as well. I had sure. events where, where I was like, mm, ay, 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 ay. I, I need to do something different. I didn't connect with that group yeah, and, yeah. you know, just building yeah. and building and building. And then 2,500 events later, I'm, you know, I'm here with you, April, all those choices led me here. And so you never know where that, where that journey is going to take you and, and um, where the road's going to go. And, uh, but my guiding light was that I loved improv and yeah. my guiding light was I wanted to share that love and, I didn't know that was going to be how I made my living and that was going to be my career. Uh, I just knew that was a guiding light. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Follow your love. And something that I wanted to bring back is that you talked about how I fell in love with this and I didn't know how or what, but I wanted to learn. So you put yourself in through <laughs> a couple of trainings and you found other people that also shared the same love and passion for improv. 
And I want to bring that up because I think oftentimes in the beginning, we can feel alone with the things that we fall in love with, right? We feel like none of our family members or our friends are really into it. And they're kind of like, you're kind of whack. I don't know why you have an interest in this. And, and you feel a little lonely. But I think that the more that you you follow that light, that guiding light, then your people start to come because there's such a slew of human beings on the planet, right? That have all sorts of different interests and, and desires and you find your tribe. Yeah. And you get that support from them as well. And yes. that is, that, that, that's huge. <laughs> that support builds and you learn, you can learn from them too, no matter where they are in the process, you can learn from them and, and, and hopefully you help them and guide them and 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 when you send it out there it's going to come back it's going to come back tenfold <clears throat> again can i take i'm gonna take a drink of water is that okay yeah, can i take a drink of, of water mm, mm, mm. please do it's good water <laughs> good water and you know what <clears throat> i mean it's mm, mm. so good so good that was good that was really good is that the best drink of water you've ever had from a guest absolutely hands down it I'm will probably be the best drink of water that we'll ever witness again, too. Unless I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to take it one step further. So when I, before I did improv, I started doing stand-up. And when I did, I only had really three bits. And those three bits were, were okay. And, and then I did, imp, you know, I would just um, talk to the audience. Crowd work is what they call it. So this is one of my bits. I'm going to do this just for you. And I've never done this on a podcast. I've been on a million podcasts. Not a million. I'm just, I might be exaggerating. But uh, this is my impression, April, this is my impression of a Tyrannosaurus Rex drinking a bottle of water. Tyrannosaurus Rex drinking a bottle of water. Are you ready? Yes. Because <laughs> Tyrannosaurus has got a little arm. Can't, they can't drink a bottle of water. It's got a little arms. Well, I can see why your children are embarrassed. <laughs> and let me tell you something. So that bit, okay. That bit, I, that, I, love I wrote it. that bit in like 1992. And now you see there's books about Tyrannosaurus Rex with small arms and t-shirts. They stole that from me with uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's my joke. They stole that from me. My husband is going to enjoy this so much because he's often telling me how I'm a dream killer because he'll do things like that. And I look at him like, no. And he, he says, but what about my dreams, April? <laughs> yeah, April, what about your dreams? Look, someone's <laughs> making a fortune about the joke about Tyrannosaurus Rex having short arms. I wrote that joke in 1992. I can guarantee you. There were no t-shirts or books or coffee bugs with short arm Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's my joke. Someone's making a fortune over. Uh, I don't know what the question was. Was there a question? No, but, but, you know, to that point, actually, I would like to comment on that because, you know, when we talk about downloads or inspiration, all of these things or our intuition, all of the things that are silly, but we have ideas, right? If we don't act on those ideas, somebody else is going to take that idea and run with it. Yeah, yeah. I tell people, I think someone, uh, I, I've said this for years, I think someone secretly follows me and, and, just, and just writes down, like, and just boom. I yeah. think, I think, I think, yeah. And I'm like, wait, that's my idea. Speaking of, um, of ideas, now that you know that you need to act quick, what are you doing next? What's your big audacious goal coming forward for you? That's so. a great question. That's an actual question. Uh, I got a couple things. One, um, uh, I'm doing a rebrand and a new website. I see, oh, my, there's my website. Uh, so I put that off for far too long. So this year is going to be a brand new website and a brand new uh, rebrand. Pretty excited about that. My book right here make the right choice create a positive innovative and productive work life uh we're doing a final printing of this version and then at the end of the year uh a expanded and revised edition is going to come out is what the publisher is calling it it's going to be a new cover a new subhead 
uh, I think at least five, maybe six new chapters. And then uh, the, the, yeah, everything's going to be revised. And so I'm pretty excited about that. So that's, that's cool. what's the art yeah. going to be like on it. How, how I don't know. Oh, you I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. They're working on it. I just, they gave, I throw them some ideas. I said I wanted to be bolder and, and uh, want to change the color and, and you know, just be uh, more energetic. And so that's pretty exciting. Um, well, you know, what's great about that. What I love about that when, when there's revisions and stuff to people's books is the content was always good to begin with. It's not like you're writing an entirely new book. No. You're adding to and in, improving that which you already had the main ideas yeah. to begin with. Exactly. And actually, as I was going through it and starting the edit process, um, I realized that the content of the book is still relevant. <laughs> use a dinosaur on the book cover. I, that, 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 that's a possibility. I like it. It's a good idea. Uh, is that the content is so is still relevant? There's a couple jokes, you know, that that I need to revise, but the content is still the content that I talk about in my keynote, and so yeah. uh, so I'm pretty excited. And then I'm just going to expand and put some additional chapters, and and so that's that's what's going to happen. This that's enough. That's enough for this year. I agree with you. That is enough for this that's year, and that that's a lot, and that's really exciting. Plus, uh, I have some amazing events coming up um, uh, in uh, Kansas City, Austin, South Dakota, North Dakota. I'm hitting both. I'm hitting both Dakotas. Um, uh, I have a Hawaii event, so I have lots of lots of events this year, and really excited. Um, oh, yeah, to, I, I love. I, I, you know, I we mentioned earlier, and I didn't kind of finish, but. You know, my time on stage, I love that. I speak for free. What the clients pay for is to be away from my family, to travel, to sit by the guy on the airport that's hacking up a lung that gives me the flu or pneumonia, which both I got <laughs> in December. Yeah. I got both in December from an event. And so that's that's what that's that's my fee. I love being on stage. I love uh, playing improv games with audience volunteers and sharing this love and this energy and talking about these choices. And I would absolutely, I started and did it for free. And that's my mindset now is that I do it for free. You just pay for me to be for, away from my family or to miss a baseball game. Uh, you know, that's what you pay for. Yeah. Well, Joel, since you're on the Wellness Driven Life Show, I would love for you to share what are some of your hacks? You do a lot of travel. Uh, you know, you're doing all the things, juggling, wearing all the hats. Um, and so being able to maintain your own energy levels, uh, my first inclination is because you have you're 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 using this very high uh, frequency mode all the time because that's how you engage your audience. So I would assume that that is your main way of overall wellness. But do you have any other tips or tricks or things that you do to really take the best care of yourself? Uh, my philosophy is anytime there is something that's going to uh, save you a little bit of time, save a little bit of effort, uh, be easier on you physically or mentally, take that opportunity. So if it's, you know, uh, you know, if you pay a little more to park closer, do that. If you have the opportunity to pay a little more to upgrade, do that. If you uh, can pay a little more and, and get a better hotel room, all that when you travel affects your happiness and wellness. And if we think, oh, you know, it's $25 here, $25 here, you know, take, uh, it, it's always worth it. Um, I always. love that you're saying this because, again, another wonderful episode for my husband to enjoy. Spend on yourself, right? <laughs> Spend on yourself because it will. I, I promise it will. It, it affects your. Um, it affects your energy. And yeah. also, I don't like to when I travel. I don't. I I don't like to uh, rush out of an event. Because then again, that adds stress and just stay the night, leave in the morning. And, and I mean, just the, the, the stress uh, that you release and that you don't deal with by just leaving in the morning and taking it easy that night. 
will just absolutely pay dividends. So that's 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 one of my things uh, uh, that that I believe in as well. I try to eat as well as I can uh, on the road. Um, it's very hard sometimes, but I try to do I try really hard to to eat well. Stay hydrated. I think is that a thing? I think still right. Stay hydrated. That's a thing. Let's take a drink together. April. Oh, April. Take let's take a drink. drink. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Cheers to the Wellness Driven Life Show. Mm. That was good. Good, good, good. Yes. Hydration. I think that's the first time I've ever taken a drink on uh, camera. So it's a first for everything today, Joel. That's that's fantastic. And <laughs> it, and so I hope whether it's vodka or water, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for cheersing with me. And you know, you, you bring so much loveliness to, to people. And so thank you so much for being, you know, that shining light for all of us. And oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. www.joelzeff.com. Easy peasy. And for those of you listening in, you just heard it. And it's also in the description always where you can find our incredible guests that we have on the show. Now, Joel, you've been an awesome guest here on the show today. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Uh, yeah, connect. I love, you know, reach out uh, on social media. LinkedIn is uh, is a fantastic, that's my primary uh, social media. And, and I think that's how I got connected with, with the show and with April. So reach out on LinkedIn um, and, uh, or you can follow me on Facebook. And I'll tell you what, if some of the first person that sends a note to me on LinkedIn, they saw me on the uh, the Wellness Driven Life Show with April, and they they mentioned the my imita my imitation of a Transforce Rex drinking a glass of water, I will send them a copy of my book. I will send them a copy of my book. So the first comment that I see, uh, whether it's on the um, on the link on LinkedIn uh, to the show, or you send me a note, boom. You get a book. That is awesome. Very generous. I love it. And we know that it's a great book with great content because you're revising it and you're not just writing something new. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for being so generous with our audience today. Thank you, April. I had an awesome time. You're welcome. And uh, we just had a comment come through. I'd like a copy. Uh, so. Um, that's wonderful. We truly have enjoyed your time here today. Thank you again for being our guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And thank you so much to our audience. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye for now, and we will see you next time.